Hi, I'm Chris McIntosh. And I'm Ian McInnes. Welcome to Harp On It, a podcast where we meet to carry on the conversation started by our favorite artists. Chris and I think that one of the best aspects of music is the conversation it brings. And we plan to dig into the topics inspired by our favorite songs. Some of the songs that we address will be billboard hits, and some will be smaller cult favorites. But all of them have a story to tell. Ian and I plan on leaving no stone unturned as we take this journey. Thank you for joining us along the way, and we hope you enjoy. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And go ahead and follow us on all socials at Harp on It Podcast. And if you enjoyed the episode, please like, review, and share. Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Harp on It Podcast. After having a little bit of fun last time on our fourth episode for the Halloween slash spooky episode, we're going to get back to the normal programming today, which as a reminder is there's a topic of the week. This time it is seasonal emotions. And then the first person will choose a song, kind of go through the artist, dissect it, and then we will have a discussion after the other host has a rebuttal to it with you know what song they thought embodied that topic the best then we'll have a discussion back and forth about our feelings on it and what it kind of means to us and societally and things like that wherever it kind of really takes us no format on that and just before we get started here with my song and you know the one that I thought embodied the topic as far as seasonal emotions just right off the top of your head what comes to your mind when you hear that term or you know you think about it well, seasonal emotions, especially when it comes to music, there's a lot of uh, poetry that is revolved around different seasons and the emotions that they evoke. So I think we're going to be able to have a really interesting discussion. And it might even turn into somewhat of a personal deep discussion, depending on how we take it. So I'm excited. Yeah, I definitely think that seasons have been part of art in any medium for a very long time and you know music especially that's being released so widely is another uh, is a fun way to go about it so i think without further ado do you have any guesses as to what my song is going to be this week well before i guess you said two things about the song one is that it was kind of out of left field based on your typical choice in music and the second thing is, you said it's fairly popular. So based on those two points, I'm going to guess Heat Waves by Glass Animals. That is not it. That is not Shoot. it. Yeah, it, it's not out of left field as far as my uh, musical taste. It's out of left field as far as what I've evoked my music taste to be on okay. this podcast. Fair enough. Very, uh, very punk-based. But without further ado, the song I chose is Sunshine by Atmosphere. All right, let's give it a listen. If you'd like to listen to the songs with us, then join us on Spotify for 30-second samples or join Spotify Premium to get the whole song. All right, Chris, now that we've given the song a listen, what's your initial thoughts on that? Have you heard that before? I don't know if I actually have. <laughs> the The melody of the song was very familiar, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I've actually listened to any of their music. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, that uh, that was one of my favorite artists in high school, you know, kind of growing up, middle school and then into high school. I was introduced to him by my brother, my older brother, and then uh, a couple of his friends, a lot of similar artists like that, like uh, Brother Ali, also hailing from Minneapolis, is another one that kind of defined that era for me as far as my hip-hop listening. But uh, before we get into a deeper conversation, kind of dissect it line by line, I'm just going to give a little bit of background on the group of Atmosphere. 
They were founded in 1996 in Minneapolis, like I said, part of the Twin Cities hip-hop kind of scene, primarily consisting of two members. There are other members that have kind of like come and gone. It is just the two of them. They tour sometimes with other artists, I should specify. The voice and rapper of the duo, his name is Sean Daly, going by Slug. And then the DJ and producer of the duo is named Anthony Davis. He goes by Ant. So both of them have single name monikers that they identify by within their uh, releases. The two met while attending Washburn High School. Um, Slug was introduced by introduced to Ant by another hip-hop artist, uh, Musab, a.k.a. Beyond, at the time. Or he was known by Musab, now known by Beyond. They formed a collective known as the Headshots. Other members of that collective prior to forming Atmosphere were also Musab, who introduced them, uh, Black Hole, and the Abstract Pack. Uh, that collective then went on to become a record label, an independent record label by the name of Rhyme Sayers. They still release uh, music through that record label today, helping other smaller artists release as well, primarily over the internet. CD releases as well, but you're not really going to see them in Target or anything like that. The first album they actually ended up releasing was Overcast in the year 1997. It introduced Atmosphere, the group, to a much wider local audience thanks to heavy play of their most popular single at the time, Scapegoat, on college radio stations. This is a pretty common thing to happen along you know, the late 90s or the 70s, 80s into 90s. A lot of the alternative groups at the time were getting introduced by people or two people by the local college radio stations. The replacements actually have a song regarding this fact. It's called Left of the Dial, also really worth a listen. Mm. That um, similar thing happened with uh, Radiohead as yeah, well. Yeah, they exactly. They big, especially in American college campus radio stations. Yeah, it kind of allows prior to the internet for uh, artists to be very popular, kind of in an underground moniker. You don't really get that as much. You got that with uh, SoundCloud rappers as well, yeah. where someone could be known by millions of people, but it's not. It's outside of the you know everyday news stream and things like That's that. That's a great comparison. Yeah. Uh, then Slug continued as the frontman. He sharpened his live performance skills at local clubs in the Minneapolis area that were famous in the Twin Cities hip-hop scene. Some, some examples of these are The Front, First Avenue, and 7th Street Entry. I'm not 100% sure if any of those are open. I didn't, I've only been to Minneapolis once, didn't see any of them, but spent most of my time in a hotel room training for a job anyway. Nice. So they started touring on a national basis with their collective LP, Ford and Lucy Ford. Ford was initially put together and released, and then Lucy Ford was the follow-up to that. They put them together due to critical acclaim and demand and then released that as a package duo. The, this album, along with their second studio release, God Loves Ugly, which actually contains a lot of my other favorite songs from uh, Atmosphere, such as the title track, God Loves Ugly. Very, I will give that a listen later. Um, led to attention from major record labels like Interscope and Sony, but Atmosphere decided to remain independent at the time. I believe their arrangement now is they still run Rhyme Sayers, but they have the distribution of Warner Brothers, to my oh, knowledge. Okay. Yeah. So, and then just kind of to wrap it up, Slug kind of got a lot of critical acclaim, and I, I find this as a major sticking point. And as far as his cred goes, you know, as a white rapper, it is a, you know, it's a little bit harder to, you know, become accepted just because it is a uh, an artist or an art form course, owned, by, not, owned by other cultures. Yeah, it's yeah. not inherently part of white culture. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where I was yeah. trying to go with that. Um, when he gained the attention of Rick Rubin. 
So I mm. Rick Rubin, yeah, famous all over the world for producing hip hop as well as many other yeah. things. You know, groups like uh, the Run DMC and then uh, the Beastie Boys and things like that out of his NYU dorm room back in the day. He worked with them closely on the early demos of the tracks that would be on release. When life gives you lemons, you paint that shit gold. A lot of good songs on that album as well. Overall, the group has released 13 studio albums, wow. uh, starting with Overcast, like I said, in 1997, working up to their most recent release. So many other realities exist simultaneously, which was released this year in 2023. And now that we've had a little bit of time to, you know, get the background of the artist. I think it would be a good time to dive into a few of the lines that I wanted to dissect. So I wanted to start with the line, at a standstill with how bad I feel, I think I need to smell fresh air. It, the artist is describing, atmosphere is visibly describing a hangover. You know, he's in the bathroom, he's, you know, his wife's making him coffee or his girlfriend, I don't know, um, is making him coffee. He, think, he can't even, thinks he can't even drink that. Uh, I think the hangover realistically is a metaphor for winter depression, kind of seasonal depression, because he is from the Twin Cities where they mm. really get seasons, right? Yeah. We're in Southern California. We're not, at this time, not really used to it. But uh, it, where that truly is something, where you're locked in the house for three or four months of the year with two feet of snow on the ground. So I have always felt that that hangover is a metaphor for winter depression. Like I said, you're being kept inside cold, dark for months at a time. You want to get outside at that first opportunity you can to break the cycle, get some nature, get the fresh air and the warmth on your skin, which he addresses later as well. Right. So I think that's really just addressing that. It's that first opportunity. He, he's kind of been in a fog for a little while, and he's going to break that cycle. The second line I wanted to address directly is sunshine, sunshine, it's fine. I feel it in my skin, warming up my mind. You know, it, he's coming around spring. That first day of a warm sunshine on your skin is cathartic. Winter can almost winter sun can almost make the feelings worse because it's in certain climates the clear skies can make it colder. The uh, clouds aren't there to uh, insulate. You know, yeah. a little bit of warmth. For and then sure. you look outside and you see the sun shining, and you, there's snow days, and there's ways to enjoy it, of course. But nothing beats a nothing beats a warm day in a park or something like yeah. that. Feeling the grass between your toes and things like that. And it's warming up his mind. Like it's kind of waking up. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's there because, like I said, I sometimes have a tough time picking up on lyrics throughout. But is there kind of a moment in the song where he feels like he's waking up to a new knowledge of something? or No, it, it transitions through him being, like I said, him being in the restroom and, you know, hanging his head on the toilet, his partner making him coffee he just thinks it's going to come right back out of him and then he gets outside he realizes he needs to go outside that's the you know need to feel the right. sun on my uh, skin he get, goes on a bike ride riding around these lakes and everything like that and then right. it's kind of a the rest of the song is kind of a description of his bike ride and the rest of his day and how it kind of warms him up and the the song is much warmer at the end than it is at the beginning not necessarily melodically but as far as the way he his verbiage is much softer at the end than it is at the at the uh, beginning sure in springtime it's like metaphor for a rebirth you know exactly yeah, yeah that's a new beginning exactly yeah it's always uh anything's possible type stuff and like i was saying the sunshine and the warmth on the skin is both warming your physical self like we were saying and then like we just touched upon your emotional and mental well-being. You know, you can right. go to a pretty dark place in the winter if you're not allowed, if you're truly stuck inside. Yeah. 
And then another line I would want to address is, if I could, I would keep this feeling in a plastic jar. Um, he wants to be able to harness this for use when he's not feeling the best. You know, it could be winter-based. It could just be depressive-based. Uh, he wants to keep that feeling, you know, for when he needs it, winter, fall, and spring, because now it's transitioning kind of, the song kind of transitions through spring into summer because the end wraps it up with summer. Um, you know, living in Southern California doesn't require many times where we need bottled sunshine, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, we should be the sunshine state, not sure. Florida, but uh, yeah. it's a golden state, kind of implying the sunshine. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, the super few cold days that we do have in the winter, kind of come January and February, mm -hmm. does really suck. You know, it's kind of, it, it's hard to complain, but uh, it, those days are pretty tough. You know, most of the time we just need to put a jean and put some jeans and a sweatshirt on and we're good. But it's yeah. got the juxtaposition almost makes it worse in my mind. But uh, yeah, it's hard telling my family back in Canada, like, <laughs> oh, man, it was like 68 degrees today. I'm finally enjoying the cool weather air, and they're like... <laughs> that's a summer day for us. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that sounds pretty warm. Yeah. It... I, I like how he follows that line up with busted out whenever someone's acting hard. Yeah, yeah, just soften someone yeah, up whenever you need yeah. to, you know? It's almost like weaponize it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, your point about uh, Canada, that's actually pretty poignant for my family as well. My dad is from Canada, born in Montreal, and uh, his father moved down to California when he was, I think he was three or four. He was very young, so he didn't spend much time in Canada in the cold because he moved directly to Southern California and he's lived here since then. Right. But uh, plugging in the block warmer so your car will start in the morning, the story that I've been told, it could be false I, I, or it could be misremembered by me or by someone else, I don't really know, but he, uh, he couldn't get it out of the wall or something like that, so he just said, you know, screw this, we're moving. And then like two months later, they had moved <laughs> to California. It was a very quick thing. As far I don't know, it could be sensationalized in my uh, mind. I don't know the last time I was actually told that story, but uh, I mean, it could just be the needle that broke the camel's back, right? Yeah, true. That's yeah. it. And to my dad as a kid, so he probably remembers it like that being the only thing that made the decision, <laughs> yeah. you know. But he'd probably been thinking about it for a decade at that time, and he's it, like, "When is it time? When is it time?" His dad's dad just like cussing up the storm <laughs> in the corner. Your dad's just like, "I guess we're moving." I got. Time to go to California, baby. Hollywood, here I come. But uh, yeah. uh, then to wrap up the lines I wanted to address, he kind of finishes in that transition from winter to summer. Summertime, summertime. I feel it in my skin, warming up my mind. You know, uh, just focusing on the summer, potentially the highlight of the year seasonally. I personally love summer. Where we live is a pretty moderate heat. Uh, my parents live somewhere that's pretty warm, but they always find something to do to to, you know, beat it playing golf in the morning or taking the boat out or things like that. You know, there's yeah. always a way you can beat it. And if you're lucky, you know, there's always the Arizona desert. I think now that we've taken the time to kind of dissect that song, the lines at least I thought were the most poignant for the topic, I think we should kind of mirror the way atmosphere does it in that song. And to me, thinking about the topic is more the transitions and how they make you feel. So I thought... We would start with winter, you know, which is kind of the first season of the year. You start in January in winter and then transition through, you know, the year and see if we have any personal anecdotes about each season, favorite parts, worst parts, you know, and just kind of see where that takes us. What do you think? I think that's great. I definitely think we should start in winter. It's funny that you classify that as the beginning of the year. I would say that's the end. And spring is like the natural rebirth, new year. You're kind of grown into... A new stage in life 
and then it kind of dies at the end of the year. 100%. Yeah, I, I would mirror that sentiment as well, and we'll kind of dig into it. But I was just saying calendar year. You know, ah. like in January, January you start in winter. You know, ah. technically winter starts like right before Christmas. December 21st, I think, is the first day of winter, or the winter solstice. So it's kind of funny that most of, most of the end of the year, which I always assume is winter, is not. Yeah. But uh, all right. You so. are correct, sir. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny... You know, as you described, you know, in the song, it sort of starts with winter, transitions into summer, um, and you're talking about, you know, your take on this topic, I think was a little different than mine. I'll say mine, you can kind of describe yours, but my thought on it was more of how the season affects you, specifically in winter and autumn, kind of that... For a lot of people, as you mentioned before, in the places that they're at, it's much you know darker and colder during much more those extreme. seasons. Yeah, exactly. And it tends to have a severe effect on people. But what was your take on the topic for you? Yeah, I think like we said, just starting with winter, like we discussed kind of in that song, as the as the way I took it was his hangover is you know kind of just being sick of winter, you know, yeah, he is for sure. in Minnesota, so they definitely get winter, you know, actual winter. You know, I always associate winter with a little more sadness, you know, the days get shorter because that time change and things like that, and you're, you're stuck kind of inside, it's cold, it's not as fun to be outside, especially in climates without, you know, without the snow. You know, once you live in the snow, I, I assume you kind of get used to it in that there's activities that you can do, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in in Southern California, we just kind of get stuck with it's colder, but we have the same activities. Unless you want to drive to Bear Mountain or right. something like that, you know, it's like you can't really go to the beach. You can still surf and things like that if you're properly equipped, but you can't really go to the beach or, you know, go sunbathe or anything like that. Yeah. The things that people generally associate with Southern California. Yeah. I, you know, when I think of winter, and actually when you brought up the topic, the first thing I thought of was seasonal affective disorder. Sad for short, <laughs> but it, you know, for a brief definition, seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression. It happens during certain seasons of the year, most of all fall or winter. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's articulating the way I, you know, that's a word for what I was just describing. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we're on the same page there. Um, and you want growing up in Canada, I actually did not experience really seasonal affective disorder, but I did experience the extremes of the season. You actually had seasons. You actually had seasons, <laughs> you know. It would snow, it would rain, and we had spent a lot of time inside as opposed to outside, which moving here, it, I mean, there really is no day that goes by without me spending a significant amount of time outside. Yeah, pretty much unless it's raining, you know, or yeah. super windy, you know, Santa Ana winds or something like that. We spend most of our days available outside, you know, if you choose to live like that. Yeah. In uh, in your area of Canada, how much snow would you guys get? It really depended on the year. Okay. I mean, I, I first grew up in Vancouver uh, for about 11 years of my life and then moved to Abbotsford, which is about an hour east. And Abbotsford got, a, in my opinion, my experience got a little more... Uh, like actual winter and snow mm -hmm. than Vancouver did. I think Vancouver was a lot more tempted because of the ocean it being right on the coast there. Mm. But Abbotsford, it would get, I don't know, um, you could maybe expect getting like a foot of snow 
out there. Um, okay. And it, it would it would happen, you know, it would snow, you'd have it for like a day or two, and then it'd get it'd washed away up. by the rain. Yeah, but you would expect snow every year. It wasn't like special, you know, that it snowed. No, it's just when is it going to happen? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to happen once, maybe twice, and that's about it. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember as a child, there was a, a hailstorm that almost made it look like, it was right outside my elementary school, I remember we were eating lunch, it made it look like it was snowing, because it was so cold that the ice was sticking, it, it, you know, and it was, it was, really, yeah, it was like probably golf ball or baseball sized hail, and it, it would explode, and then kind of be like, it almost looked like a snow cone. It didn't cover everything, but it, yeah. it was the only time that I really experienced snow, and then a couple of years ago, we had that massive massive storm yeah and, and we were out camping off the 395 kind of uh i don't know uh, I, california city was where we were i don't know how familiar that is to people but you can find it on a map and it snowed a solid six inches if i remember correctly really? just in the middle of the desert yeah that's that's wild well i was gonna say a couple years ago there's a crazy hailstorm, and these you know balls of hail were ridiculously huge i mean and it was larger than i had experienced in canada as well mm-hmm. it went for a solid like three hours in my memory it was pretty crazy um and then there was this strange phenomenon one day a couple years ago where i could have sworn it was snowing in orange county that is the thing it has snowed in orange county i've been to snow in orange county at the top of saddleback which is where all those radio towers are yeah. we took my brother my dad and i took my jeep up there and in the in the shade especially on the northeastern side i think which is the side that stays uh, shady longer it would uh, or northwestern side sorry it would still be snow like days later after a winter storm. But you, can, if you look that way, you can expect to see snow. But even sometimes it has uh, snowed at the beach. I know that I was told as a kid of one time, probably in the 80s, where it snowed in Huntington Beach. And then it might have been the same ice storm I was just describing, but I remember that it snowed on the beach probably 10 years ago as well. Really? Yeah, there's photos of it around. We'll look it up later. But, uh, yeah, very interesting, like you were saying. What a sight to see. That's crazy. But, again, going back to Canada, I mean, it was, it was always fun, especially as a kid, having that those snow days. I mean, mm-hmm. we'd, even, we'd even have days where school would be canceled because there's so much snow, um, you know, you wouldn't actually be able to get to school. Yeah, an and, actual snow day. <laughs> yeah. And again, working in construction, it's funny moving here, you know, having experience working construction here, knowing that people will, will literally not come to work because it's raining. Yeah. It, it's such a contrast to what we were used to out there because if you could make it to the job site, you're going to keep going. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one time where I was hanging a soffit at you know underneath the roof, and I had these tiny little screws that I had to screw in, and it was literally like just dumping down snow, and I I couldn't have gloves on because the screws were yeah, so small. Yeah, you the feel. Yeah, and it was that was brutal, but it it definitely had an effect on my overall mood during that time. But often it was more of just like this cozy feeling because you're. Spending time at home with like a fire on, and mm-hmm. it actually inspired me to listen to a lot, a lot of particular music that evoked kind of a cozy feeling. Yeah, if that makes a sense. Classic winter scene, you know. It, 
the windows are a little fogged up because it's snowing outside. You got a fire on. Everyone's together, you know, doing something. Yeah, it's very, uh, very common. Yeah. So it actually inspired me to think about what were some common uh, artists and albums that I listened to during that time. Oh, okay. And I, I was trying my hardest. I'm, I'm gonna be so fucking for real right now. <laughs> I did not come up with a song until the drive here. <laughs> I was on my way. Nothing was wrong like, with that. What am I going to do? And finally, I found the song. And I was like, thank God. I'd forgotten about it, but it's actually one of my favorite songs by this artist. I don't know if you know this artist. You you might. I is don't it, know if you know. Is it about winter? It's about winter. All right. Well, that's, now that we're in, the, we're in the season, let's just go ahead and move it up a little bit, and we'll listen to it now. Well, perfect. So the song is called Winter Song by the head and the heart. I might know it, but I do not recognize it. All right, well, let's give it a listen. So, truth be told, I actually had a very difficult time with this topic. I kept thinking I had an array of songs that work, and you know, with this topic. And it's kind of like we were talking about before. Sometimes we think of a song that we think is going to work perfectly, then we pay attention to the lyrics, and it does not address the topic in the slightest. <laughs> And that happened to me, I'm not kidding, about seven times. Um, it, it, at which point, I decided to just revisit it, all my old classic catalog of hits that I would listen to when I was in high school because I knew that was a time where I was really into specifically winter-feeling type songs. If you don't mind me asking, before we dive into this song, what other songs did you think... Just give an example of one song you thought addressed a season and it wasn't a good example. Um... One example is a song called White Owl by Josh Garrels. He's a pretty small artist uh, living in Seattle. Um, and his particular album that that song is on is uh, it's a really incredible album where he, there's a whole backstory. He got a bunch of people together, but different artists. They went away to an island and stayed there and just recorded all together, kind of on this cabin. It was they created a whole documentary about Epstein it. Epstein really Island. Incredible. No, not that island. <laughs> um, different documentary. Uh, but they, uh, this, that song I thought was going to work perfectly. I realized it was actually better for our. Uh, disillusionment of growing up episode it would have fit perfectly for that one <laughs> but did not at all it, it's called white owl i thought that was kind of a alluding to winter time mm -hmm. it was not back to the uh, song you chose though i definitely think it exuded the emotions of winter it was very calm you know and almost tranquil which is like you were saying looking through the window seeing the snow falling fires on it definitely exudes that uh that feeling so i, I definitely think it captured what we were looking at yeah, I think that it did a really good job of kind of portraying the metaphorical feeling of summer to winter. But I think it does something even more interesting where it actually, in my opinion, it just mimics the natural flow of life. And it really kind of emphasizes those emotions that we truly do feel from the transition of mm. seasons. It, 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 yet it's obviously used a lot in uh, a popular media, uh, metaphorically and poetically, but it truly art kind of imitates life in this scenario. 
where he's talking about a summer love he had and then you know summer comes and gone and whether this woman needs to go off to a different school somewhere or she has a job opportunity somewhere she's moving away and they're kind of dealing with the sadness that they've come to this new part of their life where it feels more empty yeah feels lonely feels cold because they don't have the warmth of each other but again he says you know you'll be back you'll be back to stay because of that strong love and bond that we just have like together just like the seasons it will end you know yeah it will change but it also will circle back yeah exactly eventually you know, we get that season every year yeah but uh yeah, like I said, I definitely think that was a good choice, the embodiment of that transition. A lot of transitionary songs that we're listening to today yeah. <laughs> as far as the change. Um, just to kind of wrap up my take on winter, I would say that the last thought I had was the beginning of that calendar year is kind of after all the holidays. Literally, New Year's Day is the kind of the last major holiday of the holiday season for most Americans, and it kind of ends up with this blank space where whether it's school or work, there's really no given holidays you know so yeah. and there's nothing there's no family events so, i mean my dad's birthday is in january which is always a good time you know because it's you know about three weeks after christmas so it kind of gives us like something to look forward to you know giving gifts is always fun things like that sure, so it yeah. kind of just like softens that a little bit but it, you just really get into that glut of the majority of winter where it is just it's cold you might get a day off if you're lucky for MLK Day or President's Day if you're in school in the United States, but there's no week-long holiday coming. There's no major feast or anything like that until yeah. pretty much spring, which brings on Easter. Yeah, you're right. There is just kind of this, like, famine period of just, mm -hmm. like, no external, like, holiday bliss-type feeling because you've kind of experienced just a gluttonous amount of that prior right at the very tail end of the last year and then you get into the new year it's like just waiting for summer yeah exactly yeah you're just kind of waiting for that i feel like it almost accelerates come thanksgiving because it's usually a similar event as far as you know being with family and loved ones friends family whoever you spend it with and then spending that you know it kind of accelerates into christmas which is a, a more extravagant version of almost a very similar holiday and then you just dropped on nothing. Yeah. It just drops off like a cliff, you know? For like sure. It almost made it worse growing up because we we would always have a really big time on uh, New Year's Day for the Rose Bowl. We grew up as USC fans because my mom went there, and right. then the Rose Bowl would always be the Pac-10 champion, then the Pac-12 champion, and in my childhood, my grandmother would always throw a party and have all her friends, and then my grandfather's friends, and like everyone would come watch the game, so it was another thing that we would look forward to as kids, and then uh, then USC stopped being good. Too. So that kind of that kind of robbed that, you know. I yeah. remember watching the first USC UCLA game where they lost. I was probably ten or something like Huge that. I was like, down. "Oh, they can do that." Oh. <laughs> and then it just kept happening. And then it just kept happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's funny. But quick, quick side note before we move on to uh, spring. Uh, so in my research, again, another artist that I thought for sure I'd get a great song out of was uh, Bonnie Bear. Okay. And I listened to the catalog that I was familiar with mm -hmm. uh, from my youth, and nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. But it's weird to me because I always thought that his first major album, uh, For Emma, Forever Ago, really kind of um, 
embodies that embodied spirit. the spirit of winter i don't know what it was it just felt that way it was like a strong feeling for me in doing research for this i discovered that bonnie bear actually did that intentionally that his first four albums were to mimic the seasons oh wow so for for emma forever ago was winter bunny bear his next album was spring um well, 20... it's huh i was just gonna say it's wild that his self-titled release wasn't his first album <laughs> i know isn't that strange um 22 a million was a much more kind of like uh creative and ex- uh, experimental album. a little looser yeah and that was summer and then ending things off in autumn with i comma i um, which I thought was super fascinating. So if you want, just as a little side note, I would highly recommend you listen to Forever Forever Ago because that's a great album and you do feel it. It's, you know, during that time, he was dealing with a major breakup with someone he had been with for a while. Uh, not only that, he broke up with the band that he was with previously. Mm-hmm. They broke up and it was also wintertime. He was at his dad's cabin, and he decided to record this album. Well, didn't yeah. know that. So, funny little side note there. Yeah, definitely fits the topic, Ron. But yeah, he did not give me any song that was <laughs> going to work for this topic. Yeah, we can't dissect the vibe, you know? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that's a very good point that, you know, that these. it is a good reminder, I should say, that these seasons do bring, they do evoke feeling. You know, and in our head, there is doesn't mean you can't have a good day in winter some people love winter you know but uh as far as like the general idea in my head you know there's always there's okay winter's a little more sad some of the best days of my life were in winter but just like as we're leading into winter now have it being almost november here where we are recording it's just wow okay we're about to get into the dull time of the year you know after holidays and things like that so just a just a gentle reminder but uh speaking of gentle that transition into spring you know, it, nice. it's definitely, uh, I would say, my favorite time of year. It's before it gets that warm. I enjoy those crisp mornings, but then, you know, the warm afternoons, kind of the best of both worlds yeah. scenario weather-wise, where I live, where we live, personally. And just that feeling of a new beginning. You know, it's mm-hmm. always it's always like, okay, everything's thawing. You know, things are beginning to grow again. The parks are greener. Your yeah. lawns look better, you know, and it's just, it's always so nice to have that feeling, you know. Take that first spring breath. Hopefully, you don't have allergies and the pollen gets you. But take that first spring breath, you know, when you step outside, like uh, like Slug does in in that song, Sunshine. You know, just like you realize, like, okay, things are gonna be okay. If you're if you are truly sad from winter, it kind of thaws that thaws that feeling. Yeah, and I, you know, again, when I lived in Canada, the transition into spring, it rained a lot. I remember as a kid. There was one month for 30 days straight, it did not, there was not a single day where it did not rain. Are we talking consistent rain in that instance? But not like just 30 straight days where it did rain. Yeah, it, 30 straight days where it did absolutely rain and did not miss a day. And I, I was counting. I was like, how many days is going to go? When I think it went 31 days. I'm glad you could count that high. Yeah, I know, at that time, <laughs> exactly. But I um, then moving here, honestly, last year when it did rain quite a significant amount for Southern California. Oh, yeah. Actually made me feel kind of more, it, it made me feel good. 
because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is familiar. Like, I, I, I know this. this. Yeah. yeah. I come from the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was born in the rain. <laughs> yeah, you you merely <laughs> adapted to it. But yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely get that. They always say that April showers brings May flowers and things like that. And I think April is the, uh, March? No, March. March is the official beginning of spring, I think. I don't know. But uh, that's also when we get the time change, too, where the days get a little bit longer, you know, prior to the summer solstice. So we're getting that extra hour in the United States. You know, hopefully they do away with it soon because that time change in fall, which I'm sure we'll get to, is an absolute bummer. But, uh, yeah, I just it's that feeling of a new beginning. My fit, One of my favorite days of the 2023 so far. It's not over. Uh, just cut it now. 2023, you're over. Just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of my favorite days was when we went to the Padres Fan Fest. I think that's what it was called. But oh, in yeah. February, it was kind of the first, which was more of a winter day, but it was kind of the first sunny day because, like you said, we did get a ton of rain in Southern California yeah. this year. And it was kind of the first it was 70 degrees. I was wearing shorts and a jersey, you know? I know. And some people were in, like, parkas and stuff, and it was all sunny. We got to tour the park and stuff, and that's just such a such a warm memory in my head, which is kind of the feeling that I associate with spring, you know? Juxtaposing it For against sure. the cold, you know, it's like, it's just warmth. It's not heat, but it's just, like, yeah. that warming sensation, you know? Yeah, you're right. That was kind of, like, the first big event we were going outside for yeah. during that time, and... It was so great because it was, like you said, so sunny that day. And it just it really brought in that warmth that we were feeling. It was a fun event. Um, funnily enough, I had asked you a little while ago for some photos of the, you and I. And All of them are from turns that day. out <laughs> the only photos we have together are from that day. So you can see them on our Instagram page. I think my camera roll is like 40% that day just because we were <laughs> yeah. with good pe- good friends and uh, and my fiance and things like that. So it was just nice. You know, it felt that was part of the warmth, you know, but it was just nice surrounded by the people you love and just the first warm day of the year and things yeah. like that. I look back on that day very fondly. And I, if I remember correctly, I think it was bookended by storms. I think it like rained the day before yeah. and rained the day after, but that could just be me trying to dramatize this. But, uh, We'll go again next year, and hopefully it's uh, hopefully yeah. it's just as nice. Well, actually, growing up, I played baseball, so it's always kind of like a good feeling of a new introduction to a different part of the year. Yeah, I mean that sounds kind of silly and obvious, but it it felt like oh, this is baseball season now, so I'm kind of getting geared up to it. So it's an excited feeling to get into that phase because after. A while, of course, baseball season ends, it goes into summer, and then winter comes along, and now it's soccer season. So, Yeah, I, I definitely think that's, as a child, your your seasonal attention is definitely embodied by the sports you play or the activities you do, because they usually are about three months, unless you're very dedicated and playing, like, club soccer, you know. <laughs> I, I always remember that I played soccer in the fall and baseball in the spring, now that you say that. And yeah. nowadays, being a huge baseball fan, that first, you know, spring training comes around. It's called spring training, you know, when the, yeah. when the teams are in Arizona and Florida playing amongst themselves, warming up and getting ready for the year. That's always like, okay, we're almost here because the dark times are about to happen. We're about to get that. We're about to start the World Series on Friday. We're recording on a Thursday with uh, Texas and Arizona. So after that, I get seven games tops, and then I'm out of baseball. I guess I can watch some fall complex games, but I don't want to. So. <laughs> it's kind of like driving through your home neighborhood 
um, and you just kind of go based off of landmarks instead of actual like street signs or directions. It's like that's your kind of perception as a child of these like landmarks, you know, oh, if yeah. you will, of I, like what time of year it is. That's a perfect way to put it. And I think that... Uh, Thank it, you. I think that really transitions into something I was going to say about summer, where, you know, summer growing up, we'll transition into summer now, uh, summer growing up is when you had freedom as a child. You know, you, you weren't in school. You know, you had the leash was a little longer with your parents and stuff like that. And I still feel that way as an adult. It's still, you know, we're in our 20s still, so maybe it dies eventually. But uh, I'll have to ask my parents about this. That's actually a good point, or even my older brother. <laughs> but uh, it kind of, you still feel, that it, you feel lighter. You know what I mean? Like, even if something terrible is going on at work, terrible in December is much <laughs> different than terrible in June, you know, as yeah. far as, like, other things that could affect you. So I definitely think that uh, it's it's still a landmark that lives in my head as far as, like, okay, things are a little bit looser. You know, yeah. I think things are a little bit different. It feels hopeful for some reason. Like, there's more time for activities and, like, the again, it, especially depending on where you live, it's a little warmer outside. The obviously. days are a little bit longer. Yeah, the day. Yeah, that's a very good example. The days are longer. It just feels like everyone's also gonna be in the mood to do the things you want to do. As far as, whether that may be you know going camping or you know going out to the beach and hanging out for the day or you know uh, brewery hopping, whatever it might be. You you know that everyone's kind of in the same vibe that they they want to get out and start doing stuff. Yeah, you see a lot more people out and about in that transition from spring to summer because a lot of people don't like the cold mornings in spring. Yeah, you know, but that transition to summer, it, it's a nice day all the time. Yeah, you know, usually and summer a lot of the time weather wise stretches into you know winter almost. I mean, it's almost November and it was like seventy two degrees where we are oh, right no. now. So we're getting that weather still. You know, we're lucky where we are, but. Definitely, summer is the embodiment of that uh, of that landmark, like you were saying. And it it gets kicked off by you know whether you're in the U.S. or in Canada. You know, July, beginning of July, it gets kicked off by a big event. Canada, July first, it's Canada Day. July fourth in the U.S., it's the Fourth of July. Yeah, it's Independence Day. Is Canada yeah. Day uh, technically Canada's Independence Day, or is that just like a technically just I a don't government know. holiday? Yeah, it's it's technically Canada's Independence Day happened more recent than you think, <laughs> but uh, so with with the Fourth of July, we always you know speaking of summer, we always embody that with you know fireworks, hot dogs, maybe the beach. What is Canada Day? You guys uh, chug well, maple syrup and yeah, chug it down. Drink moose head. It, it's more it's same thing like hot dogs, barbecues. Usually there's a parade, fireworks at the end of the day. Okay. You know, actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if you can technically say it's Independence Day because technically we're still under the like governing yeah, you're in the, you're rule in the, of you're in the Commonwealth still England. So yeah. I I don't even know how to touch that subject. To be honest with you, Half I don't know Independence enough. Day yeah. or whatever you want to say. Yeah, the the Happy Go Lucky Canada Day. Yeah, just like let's celebrate nothing changing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, do, yeah. you, do you have a song in mind for summer? Summer, I actually have my second song is also about summer. It's a right on the nose classic. Yes. Uh, we can just go ahead and pull it up now because we are kind of changing it up a little bit by dissecting each one or yeah. working through the seasons. I'd love to. So do you have a guess as to what my second song is? It's 
Summer's in the name. Summer's in the name. Yeah. Really? It's an older song. It's an older it's, song. Oh, yeah. it's an older song. Um. Oh, is it Summertime Doing Time by Sublime? Ooh, that is a good one. We are right next door to Long Beach, and I listened to a ton of Sublime growing up with my dad, you know, K-Rock. But uh, no, it's not. It's actually Summer Breeze by Seals and Croft, a very large uh, departure from, from anything we've listened to so far. All right. Well, let's give it a listen. All right. Now that we've given Summer Breeze a listen and kind of before we transition into fall, what were your thoughts on that? I My favorite line of that song is just the summer breeze making me feel fine that's the one line that always sticks with me i've known that song for decades at this point but uh what what are your general feelings on that i think that it's an interesting take on the topic because i think it evokes a feeling as opposed to describing a feeling if that makes sense yeah it's very similar to what that the song that you had where it was about uh it was about winter but it kind of just makes it makes you feel light. You know, yeah. you want to be happy. You don't, It doesn't make you want to, like, dance or anything like that, but it just it puts a pep in my step every time it comes on, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was a great song, and actually the majority of the time we were listening to that song, I was trying to figure out why it was so familiar. Mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely listened to that song, but there's a very specific reason why. It's because one of my favorite artists, Childish Gambino, I'm very familiar with his music and often I will go into deep dives on some of his songs Mm -hmm. and there was some controversy or not really controversy but some questions as to whether his song Redbone was you know used samples from this song or even mimicked it and um, his team from what I can see online just doing quick research right now alluded to the fact that they you know were trying to pay homage to this song really yeah through that song um and by I, I remember hearing a whole kind of dissection of that and that's why mm. i had listened to the song otherwise i don't know I, if i would have ever really listened to it yeah seals and crops isn't the necessarily the most popular band in the world but uh just about redbone really i don't get I haven't listened to Redbone in a while, but I think of more like Bootsy Collins when I when I listen to that. Yeah, so no, of a little course. more funk than than this, but I I I get the attitude. I think it's that that wind uh, wind sounds musical part of that song okay. that people were alluding to. I'll give it a listen later. And, yeah, <laughs> and jump on that. Who knows? Maybe I'm crazy. Nah, <laughs> I, I mean you are, but that yeah. this doesn't necessarily mean that you're crazy. Um. Well, you know, transitioning out of summer and into fall, usually starting around Labor Day is when things start to turn a little bit in most of the country, most of the world, but uh, most of the Northern Hemisphere, I should say. But uh, I really think that, like I said, that transition from summer to fall really starts around Labor Day because that's always when I started school. And you know that school is kind of the beginning of the downturn. It's like you're losing that uplifting feeling of freedom that you have during summer. And it just kind of puts a drag on things. I didn't hate school growing up, but no school is definitely better than school. It was a different experience for me because September 4th is my birthday. So it was always, it was almost always the very first day of school, if not like the Right around day. there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, funny story is that when I was in high school for my 11th, grade the year. 11th year you were in high yeah, school the 11th year <laughs> the 12th year actually kindergarten uh my junior year 
I transitioned to a different high school and for the very first day it was my birthday and I didn't know hardly anyone at that school and I did you roll in with a birthday tiara and balloons I, and stuff? I brought uh, brownies to give out to the whole class. <laughs> it was like, whatever first class I have, I'm just going to hand out brownies. And everyone loved it. It was like, oh, Chris is the, you know, the fucking bee's knees. <laughs> and they <So>. were spiked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a Christian school, too. So <laughs> just... Immediately, just spike all the Christian kids <laughs> going, going hard. Yeah, no, it was not spiked. That would have been a funny idea, though. <laughs> I Any think it's illegal. Idea, hilarious. Yeah, but so funny. <laughs> yeah, just the beginning of school, and like you're, like we were saying, I, I also think that fall has one of the more visible reminders of the seasonal changes. You know, when all the deciduous trees start turning. The leaves start turning. They're not losing them yet. You know, that is a pretty stark difference with winter, too. But I think this is the first one we have. Because spring into summer is kind of everything's green, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think that's one of the bigger changes we actually get to visibly see in Southern California. Because we don't get, like we were saying, we don't get real seasons down here. Yeah. We kind of just have one and a half seasons. With like summer and cool summer. But uh, I that's the one that kind of sticks with me is that transition when the leaves would start falling, you know, and stepping on a crunchy leaf as a kid was always the best. Yeah. It's that, you know, you described spring this way, but for me, it's, this is the time of the year where it feels really crisp for some reason. It's something about this feeling first thing in the morning, it's sunny outside, but it's still cold. It's Mm. this general feeling of just like, I don't know, it's hard to describe, or it just feels really fresh, and it's like one of my favorite feelings. I think it. I think the they definitely mirror each other in that nature, because it's transitioning from the extremes. You know, summer is the warmer time of the year, and winter is the colder time of the year. So towards the beginning of spring, you know, you start to get those warm, uh, warm morning, or uh, excuse me, cold mornings with a warm day, and then kind of the same thing happens in fall, you know, that's that scene, sign, excuse yeah. me, that it's changing. So it definitely, definitely the same, similar weather, I should say. Yeah. So I would agree with you on that. And then looking at it from like a poetic sense, and it's obviously uh, portrayed a lot in general, you know, media and music, it's that kind of feeling of like settling down, you know, mm-hmm. and we're kind of, we're going to move into winter where we're really, you know, it's like, you know, you're you're cozy, you're staying still, hibernation, you know, there's all those different descriptors. But this is really like the settling down period into your, you know, your winter sleep or whatever. Yeah, traditionally we would be harvesting, you know, if we were, you know, a, still living in a primarily right. agrarian society. So it's that transition to be able to survive through the winter, you know, yeah. harvest your goods and things like that. So I definitely agree. Um I still think that uh, fall still has a lot of activities that kind of keep you outside, but they're kind of almost they're they're very uh, very eclectic is the word I would say. You know, you're not cooped up in the house, but you're getting there. You know, just good examples would be like the corn maze, the pumpkin patch. You know, the country yeah. fair, football games on Friday. You know, for high schools and things like that. So there still is a lot of things that keep you out of the house, but it, it definitely is much cooler and colder than it was. Yeah, transitioning into winter, where unless you're into you know winter sports per se, you know, any sort of skiing or snowboarding, hockey, you know, you're kind of in the house unless you're, unless you get lucky, you know, that it's a nice day. Now, this 
kind of a let me, let me describe this question but what is a song that you think of that you would want to listen to during that fall time not that it necessarily mirrors the season but it gives you that sense that feeling that you you would choose to pick that sim- purely based on the feeling you're feeling during fall autumn time hmm. that's a really good question I hadn't really thought about that. The both the pieces of media I chose were kind of about summer and the transition into summer. But uh, hmm, I think another song uh, off the top of my head, a song that would embody that kind of fall spirit to me would be "Ridgetop" by Jesse Colin Young. It's a it's an old folk song. I just think the whole mm. genre of folk or like yeah. uh, you know bluegrass. You know, not so much. I'm not the most. I'm not the biggest country guy, you know, and if I am, it's outlaw country from the 60s and 70s, and that's not too, too folly. But I think just like, you know, Jesse Colin Young, John Denver, um, just all like that whole Bob Dylan, you know, that whole genre of artists, the singer, songwriter, you know, storytellers, I think really embodies fall to me now that I think about it. Yeah, that album or that artist, Josh Garrels, that Mm. I mentioned earlier would be one that would come to mind for sure. And then also, you know, I'm digging deep back into when I was in high school. But uh, there's a band called the Oh Hellos. Now, they skew definitely with a lot of, you know, religious influence. But a lot of their music is very poetic. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's it's that folky kind of music feel. And it's it's a big band, so there's a lot of vocals and instruments Instrumental going into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very calming. Yeah, I definitely uh I definitely feel that way. That's a very good it kind of made me think. That's a very good question. Yeah. That uh definitely folky um and bigger bands. Yeah, for some reason I would yeah. say not like big band music, not like swing music from the 40s and 50s, but uh but definitely like more not so much modern mixing, but like actual instruments. Well, you know, the the Head and the Heart is actually a fairly large band. I could look it up as to exactly how many members they have. From my understanding, it's quite a few. Yeah, I think another a couple more bands that I've listened to recently. Now that I'm you know thinking in this way, that kind of embody this as well would be the band I was obsessed with in college, Lake Street Dive. Um, mm. Been to many of their shows, and then as well as Tedeschi Truck Band. They both kind of have that uh, that feeling, or they both have a large catalog. From what I'm seeing, there's about two hundred thousand people. In yeah, no, there's about seven members. I could be off. About seven is like one of them. Well, a half it's member? showing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's just uh, it's showing me seven, but I haven't done the research beforehand, so I want to speak indefinitely. But I think it's about seven. A lot of bands like that tour with a lot more people too. So if you see sure, them live, yeah. you know their rec- their studio band is seven or like the core group, and then they'll have you know a, a rhythm section. They'll have more drums, or they'll have you know a keyboard if they don't have one. It, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, and I honestly just transitioning back into our conversation about fall. I think the worst time of the year is almost that day that we lose time. So then all uh-huh. of a sudden you're getting out of work and we're about to hit it in the next couple of weeks here as yeah, we record. I was gonna but, say. Uh, yeah, that's that's honestly one of my least favorite times of the year. Just because that first few days, not necessarily the day of, you know, mm-hmm. that's it's always on the weekend, so you kinda like half do it. But uh that first Monday and you get out of work, uh and it's dark. Like my yeah. current 
my current job, I start later than I really ever have. I mean, I start at seven now. I've slowly transitioned into, into going in. But uh, when I was commuting back and forth to the office before COVID, in my old role at my old company, I eventually started at 5.30 because it'd take me about 45 minutes to get home. And I hated getting home and not having like an hour of daylight. I was fine with just like an hour, like get home, take the dog for a walk, at least yeah. get to enjoy something, you know, bundle up if I have to. But if I just went straight from work to car to darkness, it's like, oh my gosh, that was terrible for my mental no health. There, there was a period of time where I was working on a project in L.A., and we would start at about 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then because we just wanted to knock this job out of the park, and there's a couple other reasons, we were working very long days, so I wouldn't get home till about 7 o'clock at night. And, yeah, something about leaving in the morning when it's dark and <laughs> getting home when it's dark is truly, it, it's a depression that is inevitable. It hits you fast, and it hits you hard, and there's no avoiding it. Yeah, when, when you're using it, when all of your time, all of your daylight, I should say, is spent, you know, already, it's already pre-spent, you know, and then you're yeah. like, okay, I want to go do this with someone. You have to, like, pre carve out daylight time oh that's rough yeah it, actually in canada i i i seem to remember that it would get darker earlier yeah it, the further to the the further you year. go north you know it uh, yeah the extremes are a little more you know and again in the summertime it would stay light out till like 10 o'clock at night which is kind of nice but getting into that fall winter season it it gets dark pretty early and yeah like you, like in when i was a kid you get out of school elementary school or whatever and you have like an hour of light and then it gets dark but yeah. it's just like all right well that was fun well, time to go to bed i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah now that we're kind of at the end of fall transitioning through you know it hey and then you always get the october classic with the world series best baseball of the year if you're the proper fan you know but uh Nothing like playoff baseball. It's romantic, but uh, you kind of get to the good part of winter. You know, the lead up. You get the you get the fall holiday, which is Thanksgiving, which kind of embodies that harvest spirit we were touching on a little earlier. But then it leads you right into Christmas, and nothing is like that lead into Christmas if you if you enjoy it. You know, the holidays can evoke a, a pretty negative opinion, a negative feeling if you're not that close with your family. But I'm I'm pretty lucky to enjoy spending time with my family and my extended family. So it's always very fun. You know. I love giving gifts and things like that. So it's a, the lead into the holidays is always something to look forward to. Yeah, it's a good time. I, if we're doing, we keep doing the contrast between Canada and the U.S. Did you know that Thanksgiving happens at the beginning of October in Canada? I, I think I've been told that. I think Isn't we that a, weird? Yeah, I think we had a calendar back in the day. It wasn't like for my dad or anything like that. He's, as Ameri- he's more American than I am. But uh, we had a calendar back when I was a child that had Canadian holidays. Like, it had Boxing Day and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So I remember seeing, like, Thanksgiving, parentheses, CA. And at first, when I was an idiot, I was like, oh, California? Wait, California Thanksgiving's <laughs> different? And my mom's like, no, dumbass. It's uh, it's Canada. <laughs> You're like, we get two, though, right? Yeah, it was like, I get two turkeys this year? I wasn't that big of a fan of turkey as a kid. But uh, we get to do it twice because it meant spending time with family. And my mom's like, no, it's still the the fourth Thursday in November for us, bud. Well, you know what? My grandparents are, uh, are American, so I actually got two Thanksgivings every year growing up. 
would they come to the Canadian Thanksgiving Ooh. and then you guys go down there for the American Thanksgiving? Yeah. Or would kind of you just you, I mean, once? they would sometimes come down for the Canadian Thanksgiving, but we'd also go over there for the American Thanksgiving. But meanwhile, you know, on my dad's side, with that side of the family, we would have Canadian Thanksgiving in October. And then on my mom's side, that side of the family, we'd have American Thanksgiving in November. There you go. Hopefully you like the food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, now that I, now that we're kind of back circling or circled back to where we kind of began with the feeling of January winter and the end of the holiday season, do you have any any like culminary thoughts on this uh, on the whole seasonal emotions and everything like that? Honestly, I I don't know if I had a good grasp of what this uh, topic was, and I. That's a beautiful thing about our conversation. As it went on, I kind of started could... to understood the vibe a little bit more. But uh, we got there. We got there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a challenging one, but I I liked it a lot. Um, it, again, I think something about getting into the fall and then soon to be winter season. It really does, especially like we've said over and over again in Southern California. That's the time that we really feel it. You know, um, yeah. So it's, it, I think it was perfect timing for us to kind of get into this topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, right as the seasons are kind of changing, you know, uh, pertinent. But uh, it does feel weird, I will say, to end. You know, we're a little off of our normal program here, where we did our songs a little earlier because we were yeah. talking through an actual schedule of, you know, we didn't want to bring up. I didn't want to bring up summer at the end, so it made sense to plug it in where it did. But it does feel a little weird to end it this way. I, I mean, I could throw out a song there if you want. It's just throwing a song that evokes the feeling of uh, autumn. Throw it in there. Give us a recommendation. All right. So let me just look it up. It is by the Oh Hellos, and honestly, they are an incredible band. Uh, they, they. They are a larger band. They uh, do a great job with their harmonizing. At times, it feels like a choir. At times, it feels like there's a whole like orchestra there. It's really incredible. This song by the Oh Hellos is Hello, My Old Heart. It's a beautiful song, and I hope you enjoy it. And I think, uh, I think we'll let this one take us out today. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate everyone who continues to listen to the podcast. Ian and I are really enjoying it. If you like the podcast, feel free to share it with your friends and uh, give it a like. That really helps. But we appreciate it. As always, we just really appreciate it. And we're going to keep doing this because it's fun for us. So thanks for sticking with us. And this week's artist recommendation will plug in after the song. Very good. All right. All right, guys, so just as a reminder, um, during our research through all of our episodes, we have found that we have come across a lot of artists that we really enjoy, and we thought it would be a shame not to share that with you guys. So this week, Ian has chosen an artist. Who have you chosen, Ian? This week, I went with someone that I've listened to for a while. I really like their work. It's actually a Theo Katzman. Who is a, he's a keyboardist and a vocalist. He does a lot of solo work, but he also tours with Volpec from time to time. I believe he was part of the initial formation of Volpec. Could be incorrect on that. I That's probably awesome. need to be fact-checked on that. And just a few of the songs I really enjoy listening to that I hope other people find joy in as well is Hard Work 
Good to Be Alone, and then Plain Jane Heroin. Each one has kind of a, a good story to tell. Uh, not necessarily a happy story, but he's very good at telling stories, I would say, through his music. So go ahead and give him a listen, and please enjoy. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> 